welcome back to another episode of High Tech, where Josh and I take on the world's educational technologies problems. Yeah. Okay. We solve them. Maybe not the world's, more nope, like. Definitely the world's. I'm going with the world's. Our county? Yeah. No, our states. We're, we're clearly solving the world's problems because we're clearly the number one voices in this conversation. Number yeah. one. That's why we're asked to all the conferences on yeah. EdTech. Yeah. Yeah. We're still only recording the first episodes and we've already been to three conferences. Nope. That's how sarcasm works, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. I'll get better at that. I'll get better at that. That's how it works. I designed Khan Academy. <laughs> that's why I'm the number one. <laughs> <laughs> move. Clear statement. Clear statement. Did not yep. Yep. design Khan Academy. Hey, that's you not know my what? thing. That's the, uh, yeah, not a sponsor. That's, not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> that's how they told us to write in, in college, like strong verb sentences. Yes. Yeah. Verb, noun, object. If you dream it, it will come into existence. Yeah. yeah this that's is field, field of dreams. Yeah. So this week we wanted to start out a little bit with a conversation about the professional groups, the professional spaces that Josh and I work in um, and, and where we're getting some of our ideas from. Right. So I have my master's degree in learning design and technology. I have uh, books that I would consider the Bible in my space. Right. They're just they're just fantastic. Lots of theory, um, lots of examples, how to design. Right. But those books become great references and foundations to my work? What is it that helps me grow? Where do I get extensions? Where do I get new ideas? How do I find new tools, new considerations? So Josh and I, of course, started this podcast because we are one of those yeah. groups for one another. Yeah, I would say we're like when you talk small group component here, um, this is our like mini version of what happens in bigger places um, for sure. And, and we probably have five or six of us, you know, like um, friends that I've now made in, in my new position. Like that's a small group, s- small people, but to help expand ourselves, um, just want to highlight a couple things that we do uh, that may be relevant for you and your work, either as an instructional designer or somewhere in that field um, or as a faculty member, right? There's, there's definitely ways that I think that we want to have faculty get engaged in the conversations around design um, before we're ever talking about the course, you know, we, yeah. we want you to, we want everybody to be a part of that conversation. Uh, so my number one, and uh, Josh is a part of this one, we, we have a lot of different conversations in this, is Pedagomy. Pedagomy, and that'll be spelled and linked in the description, but Pedagomy is a, uh, a professional learning space uh, dedicated to instructional designers, learning designers, and their teams, right? So there's graphic designers in there, video, videographers, podcasters, uh, faculty who do a lot of design, but, uh, and, and corporate, right? It's not even just higher ed, but the point of that space is, you know, we've got probably 20 channels and there's everything from general conversation, chit chat to yeah. resources, accessibility, um, research, the conferences, yeah. help, right? Um, what would you say is maybe one of those first things or bigger things you've taken away from being a part of the pedagogy group, Josh? Yeah, I think it's just like, um, and for a caveat in here, I'll throw, I'm the delinquent out of the two of us who are much worse at this. Like Will is, uh, um, 
I respect for how good you are at these networks because you are very good at these networking groups. You're good at engaging. And -hmm. I think engaging, you get a lot out of it. Um, I am the personality that I'm bad at this uh, because I get too focused on what I'm trying to do. And like a chat coming my way disturbs me. It's not a Um, problem. I mean, it is good to focus on your work. You need to learn from these groups. I think your point, like you can become in your own little isolated bubble. So um, where I think this has really helped me in these spaces is uh, Pedagomy. We have some resource sharing space that they've done mm-hmm. um and just seeing people share like recently there was that one about um somebody who shared like a really great infographic on like why uh zoom uh session webcams yeah the webcams off and on like why yeah when to have them on when to you know to consider what students are going through a huge like, flow yeah chart. it was a huge flow chart um and uh, they shared it on pedagogy i caught that on a, like we have a slack slack is where a lot of this communication for this group's going um, so I caught that there. And then ironically, in this smaller group, you shared it as well with me because you and I didn't talk about it. And so you threw it out to me and another coworker. Um, so I've seen that stuff. I think like that's been that's been helpful um, for me in, in the most part, just like seeing people share stuff on what they're doing, uh, yeah. because I think these spaces where they're most helpful, at least for me, is it's easy to get caught in your own way of thinking. Um and what your institution is doing or where you're at uh, and you forget what other groups are doing. So I think like that's where it's been really helpful. Yeah. And like our conversation in one of our episodes on, on digital, um, wow, digital whiteboards. So many of the tools that I come across in that space, because I went looking for one and somebody else suggested an alternative and, and then I needed a a third and and suddenly I didn't know about seven. Um, now pedagogy, big one. I, I push that till the cows go out. Love that group. Love the leadership of that group. I've been participating in it probably for three or four years. Um, in similar ways, I do a lot on Twitter. Twitter is ripe with information. Of course, it's, it's Twitter is me first. I post my content. So you just got to watch people get all, you know, into their politics or start posting pictures of their dinner. You had to follow the right people. You had to follow the right hashtags. You can find a lot of content there. Uh, the Pod Network, P-O-D, Pod Network, is another big professional learning group that I participate in. I am actually a Josh in that space. I only lurk. I watch all of the emails come into a little <laughs> folder. I've got a rule that puts them right into one spot. And I just, I literally funnel through, you know, job postings, uh, research call outs, you know, PhD students asking for people to participate in research. It, it's really a good space to see who, Who's thinking what in the space of faculty development, uh, training and development, uh, learning design, stuff like that. Josh, what about you? You know, is there something that you have dug yeah, into? So got- I recently, um, you know, magically, normally I connect through these groups through Will because he finds most of them that exist in the world somewhere. And so why go looking? I'll just lean into his understanding. Just wait for me, right? Uh, but I did find one. Uh, our LMS at our institution is Canvas, right? So I'm connected into like admin networks and stuff in there because I do administrative work in Canvas as well um, and found a great one. Uh, that's just kind of a canvas group. I won't share the name just yet. Cause I don't know if they're publicly sharing it around all over the place, but um, it's been really useful. And where that's super useful um, one to compare frustrations about the tool that we use together. Um, and also just to hear about what people are doing again. Like, I think it's, it's a good thing to kind of get out of your space and see how other people creatively came up with resolutions and help other people as well too. Uh, I like in pedagogy, we've had that happen a few times um, where like, you know, I'd be able to engage in a conversation because somebody asked some questions and we happen to be doing something that could help there. 
Um, I converted someone over to Notion in one space. Like that was basically my winning spot, of right? Of course you did. Yeah, like that yeah. was. Um, yeah. You probably had space. some little Notion template off. Like, ooh, look at my template. No, yeah. Well, like there was a good time. Like I remember you and I were talking at one point that I was working on like an, a tool approval process, right? So I like evaluate educational tools at our institution um, for our online courses. And uh, we had somewhat of a process in place, but we were trying to formalize that a little bit better, get more of like a concrete system. Um, and you and I were talking about ideas. And then at one point, I think somebody mentioned something on Pedago Me about something they were doing or something they had put together. Um, and I remember you at mentioning me on it, like in mm-hmm. Slack to say, hey, yeah. check this out. So I got, I pulled that resource and it helped uh, give me an idea for something we were working on at that point. So I think like that type of stuff is just, it's great. I think it's a, yeah. a good way to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, non to uh, subliminal segue here. Uh, one of our professional colleagues, and many moons ago introduced me to this concept of mind mapping. And that's where we're going with the conversation in the app today. Uh, Mind mapping is a really cool idea. Um, If you're not familiar with it, very simply, if you have the need to brainstorm or organize information, you might do something like writing a single word or the starting concept in the center of your page. And you can get as creative and visual as you want to. You can put it in circles, you can put it in squares, you can do whatever you want that way. But from the first word, and we'll say apples, from the first word apples in the center of the page, uh, now I want to start drawing lines out away from apples to other ideas. So maybe it's apples out to Granny Smith, out to, you know, I'm, what are I'm other really types interested of to apples? see how many apples you come up with right now. <laughs> you started this, and I was like, "That's not, it's not a great mind map topic." Um, because how many apples we got going on, or things, um, trees. Okay, like so, like okay. Here's a good example. Okay, I joke about this, it. but where mind maps can really work, right, is that um, they they leverage the way that your brain is working, right? And so your brain makes connections between things, right? And that's that weird stuff that we have. You know, you have a smell and you remember something that happened at home and there's like a connection to that, right? A mind map is a visual element of that, right? So like, while I'm joking with Will, I was literally joking with you in the second I, I did that, I was like, oh, trees. Like, you know, right, trees right, are connected right. to apples, right? So you'd mind, you know, you'd mind map off to that. And it, how a mind map looks is very much like a spider web um, when yeah. you're creating it, right? You've got the concept, you got a line to that concept, but then that concept spawns out to other concepts like tree could spawn out to other things and you start to see you know tree the leaves or roots or whatever right. and the the reason that this is working in a mind map is because you're starting to creatively visualize connections in a way that you wouldn't if you were just like what are things that are related to apples um granny smith granny uh, smith and you do what will just did uh i don't know other apples um, <laughs> <laughs> um but i could see in a mind map being like ah, oh, you know fruit and well what connects the fruit and the map then is showing you how those connections uh intertwine right. um in very much a way that your mind does it and you can take those mind maps for any levels and purposes and education for personal use, et cetera, right? It can be just a brainstorming activity for you. I need to get other, I need to get associated terms, right? So maybe I put constructivism, the learning theory, constructivism in the center, and I try and get as many related terms to that, where I put Josh in the center Aww. and I want to put beard and I yeah. want to put great headphones, video game, you know, like whatever it is, you're trying to yeah. use it as a note taker. You're trying to get yourself to brainstorm and, and stretch yourself out. Because one of the things that happens with like ordered lists, one, two, three, four, or bullet, bullet point lists, when do you stop? 
And how many layers of that do you make, right? It, yeah. A list assumes that there's a linear progression. And a mind map does not assume that. A mind map will show a relationship. There may be a hierarchy that gets developed, but you can take a mind map to one, two, three, or four, or infinite levels. Um, and then even as you stretch out further, you can start to cross connect items and, and make them relevant. Now that's a note-taking, it's a brainstorming tool. You give it to your students. You say, students, you know, um, come up with as many related terms to our subject area uh, on this topic. You give them the first word and they're supposed to make a mind map of all the other information, right? So that's yeah. allowing them to do like some content recall activities. Then after the content recall, they put up as many words on the page as possible. And this is how you can structure them always differently, right? You don't have to do the lines and the circles right away. Maybe you just put the key term in the center. You tell the students, write words all over the page. And so they write these words out and they're, they're putting out these like terms. And then you tell them, now make the relationship. Now circle your center word and start to draw lines out to the items on the page to connect them and show the relationship between them. Only connect like things. So in theory, everything might be connected back to the first word but you're gonna to start to see some really cool patterns showing up across the different words as students start to identify how apples and trees are related, right? Or how trees and paper and apples are related, right? Um, really fascinating way to see thought in process. Yeah, and, and the, the point there is you're forcing the conversation to go towards how these things connect. Um, and I think getting to a deeper level of thinking around concepts and ideas, um, because when, when you don't do that, and you're just at face value discussing something, it's easy for us, I think, to get into a train of thought um, about how something works and not really think about the bigger picture of an idea or a concept or how the different things that you're, you're learning connect. And I think this is why this type of idea of mind mapping, um, at first when I heard it, like I was like, okay, yeah, I know what a mind map is. Like I've, you know, seen them. And so that's why it surprised me that so many instructors don't know this idea or concept or, or think it's such a revolutionary idea when they start trying to do it. Um, but it's, it is, it's, a, it's an interesting way to have your students think how their mind works um, and like play that out um, on paper and see yeah. those connections. Cause we're joking with like basic ideas of trees and apples and things like that. But think if you start to get into those deeper concepts, like think if you're diving into philosophical ideas or um, leadership theory, or right? Leadership so maybe, theory, yeah. maybe it's like talent acquisition and what the students that think through what, what is talent, right? So talent's in the center of the bubble and they have to create all these thoughts and ideas around talent and show the relationships between those things. Now they can start to kind of grab, grapple with talent in a new way. And, and ironically, it is, we're saying that this like makes, helps us think deeper and helps us see the relationship between content, but it's very simple. Yeah. You just want words on the page and lines. Now you can get pretty fantastic about it. Um, and I think even the app we're going to talk about in today's episode will show some ways you can start to get fantastic and, and kind of navigate it in a digital space. But my first mind maps were on paper. I yeah. was literally drawing circles, literally drawing words and trying to make those connect and, and work out. And personally, when I use the, the tool as a note taker, I might only go one or two layers, right? So I've got my first word, one branch out, and then maybe one more branch out from that. But hey, you could, you could tell the students their goal is to take a, you know, a, a huge piece of paper and do a four-layered mind map. Yeah. They have to express themselves out through those relationships. 
or I've, I've seen it in a context. Uh, so this comes up in the institution I work at. We use the tool we're going to recommend um, and mind mapping because the colleague uh, Will is talking about uh, was a colleague of his when he was here in my current position uh, at our institution. Um, and uh, so it's in the DNA of some of our activities and things that exist. Um, but uh, this idea of even building arguments in a mind map, like laying out elements of mm. uh, building an argument, out of laying out elements of what you think are related to that, to that argument and, and spawning ideas and seeing how those are connected and make its way back to your ultimate argument. Um, and that ends up kind of being a reverse idea of a mind map where you're actually kind of laying out like, uh, people or history or things that, that tie to this argument first um, and find ways of how it connects and what those themes are that exist. Uh, but it's a deeper, deeper thought process. Again, you're, you're all coming down to this idea of finding these interconnections in visually. And it, there's just something, I don't know, there's something that happens when you start doing that. I think mentally um, you start to see things a little bit differently than if you were just sitting around brainstorming um, yep. about what stuff is. And I think that works well, whether it's a method of you're having your students taking notes that way at one point, or you're having them debrief on reading that you gave them through that, or you've just got a broad concept. You want them to work out more of how uh, the depth of that concept or what all is connected to it. Um, there's there's a, a lot of options here. It can be a great pre-writing activity. You know, you do yeah. have a paper coming up. Okay, in class with the students, everybody's going to do a mind map on their their chosen topic or your or your provided topic, and they have to do that mind map before they get to the outlining stage. I mean, such a great tool to help them start to think through the research they're going to need to address, the information they're going to have to pull in from your field, uh, how many layers of, yeah. of you know complexity are in the topic, and what that, that's I would go remember every one of my. Uh, essay prompts in my you know first and second year of college like pick a topic but not too broad a topic right and so this kind of tool can be great to help students get oh, yeah. into something like abortion big topic and and quickly understand like maybe the different layers that are involved in that that political or social or religious issue however you're looking at it right and help them boil down their idea into something that's more approachable for a five paragraph essay or oh, yeah. you know a five page paper it's it's such a great tool or think about it like just real quick think about it reverse like i i don't know if i've actually done it in this way before but i think it'd be a really cool activity like breaking down a narrative or a story through mind map like taking the characters taking the concepts that are in there whatever the heck you just did and you just killed something um but like taking those ideas and concepts and finding the connections in the narrative right finding how these characters connect to each other the concepts out of there you can dive deep into a into a story that way yeah. um thinking about it in a way that you wouldn't normally think about it yeah and josh and i are gonna pu grab a pint this weekend and do that with one of our stories <laughs> yeah <I think laughs> that's a cool idea yeah it sounds like a lot of fun i think that's a solid idea um, all right um let's take it over i mean we've we've got the idea in place we love this thing uh what what's a good tool that we can start to do mind mapping in josh how can we start tomorrow yeah so a whiteboard no I'm just um, <laughs> yes <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. So as Will said, you can draw all these down, but how do you, how do you do them digitally? Okay. Um, so tool that I would recommend that our institution uses, um, I think is a solid one is a tool by the name of Coggle. Um, don't worry about knowing how to spell that. There'll be links and things tied to this. Um, but this is a, a great tool to use for mind mapping uh, digitally. Like obviously, like Will said, you can have them drawing and stuff like that. But in this realm, um, sometimes it's nice to have those digital tools to do it, especially what I like about Coggle, okay, is that there are other tools you can do with mind mapping, but Coggle, it's like, that's its thing. It's 
it's my it's a mind mapping digital tool um so why that's important here um is because it makes it so stupid easy to mind map um the the thing is already there for you there's a middle box to put a concept in you can start typing words out on this board and then on each item they put their cursor over it a little plus comes up um that they can hit plus and extend out a branch um and type in a new idea and extend out a branch um and branch out from those and coggle even does this awesome thing where it's coloring those branches automatically for the student to kind of show those connections based on Mm -hmm. what direction they go um I, I just think it's a really simple tool to do this with. Um, and uh, it doesn't take a lot of learning on the student part, to be honest. I think it's log in, get started. It's pretty easy. It's been years since I've used it, literally since I was at your institution. Uh, does it have support? Can you like drop in images? Can you drop in media? Or is it only text? Yeah, it's a good question. I believe... Uh, you can drop in media. Uh, let me take a look here. All right. Actually, all right. So I'll I'll keep going while he pulls yeah, up you a keep doing it. We, If we were out. really nailing it, we would have researched this ahead of time. That's all right. Um, yeah. This is what extemporaneous questions about are about. So um, why I asked yes, that is you can drop like, in. Oh, look at that. That was beautiful. Easy. Um, sorry. Yeah. So guys, just for context, I have an open on a screen here. I dropped the image in. It automatically attached it to a branch for me. Um, so that's an easy uh, concept there. Like, so I have a middle concept, right? Well, dropped in an image, it automatically branched from the middle concept to the image based on where is I your, dropped it on Is the your page. middle concept apples? Um, no, it is not. It is example mind map. Uh, I believe ah, it's the, uh, the middle piece there. Yeah, uh, but I dropped, dropped an image in there. Um, and you can easily open that image up. You can zoom in so you can drop those files in. Um, I do remember you can drop like videos and stuff in here as well, but I think there's a size limit on um what that is versus versioning and let's just let's get that out of the way right now um uh, because we uh we always talk high tech we appreciate cheap um be <laughs> free if it's possible um there's you know downsides to that but we'll go there so coggle uh has a great i think pricing plan so they they do have a complete free plan that you can use um not a lot of limitations on it um they the only really big limitation i think they have on there is that in a coggle program you can create what are called private diagrams. So people can't see them in the Coggle system. Um, And uh, you only get like three of those, but that's not a huge problem uh, because why we use Coggle without fear of that is Coggle does give your student the ability to export that Coggle as an image or a PDF or whatever they want uh, file-wise out of that. So how we use it in our institution uh, we'll have them do it through Coggle. And then we have, uh, and Coggle has great support. They have great guidance for people. Um, so we literally leverage their their help guides and stuff like that in our resources. Um, and we just have the students basically download the Coggle diagram as a PDF and submit it to their instructor um, so that they can take a look at it. That's pretty um, cool. And they do have some other plans. It's like $5 for their next level up and $8 a month. It's actually not, it's not horrible. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a manageable tool. Yeah. So, and, and that's where we think that this tool not only could introduce folks to that digital mind mapping space really easily, but you could, you, you could pretty well get your students involved without too much uptick. You know, it's, it's, it is a sign up, make your map thing. Now we offer this one. I love it. I, I think it is a really good tool. I just don't use it every day. Um, in this world, you don't need your students to do it digitally. They could just yeah. take the picture, do it on paper, take a picture, submit that in Canvas or your learning management system. Coggle, however, 
is this thing now we can start to virtually share it. We can edit it yeah. faster. We're, we're getting into more of that like peer-to-peer editing and peer-to-peer revision space that I think could be could just make that faster, make it easier to work with like more people on the on the mind map than just yourself. Um, yeah. Can really get into they those do kinds have, of. They do some commenting features and things like that. Um, and Coggle works with your Google or Microsoft accounts. So if you already have one of those accounts, you don't need to create a new one. You just basically log in through that one and they'll create a Coggle account for you. Um, the only thing I will say is we don't really use the commenting features much um, only because I feel like it's a extra load on the students to try to comment in something like Coggle. It's not as intuitive as like commenting in Google Docs or Microsoft Word. Um, it's, it's a different experience. Um, in that and, space, but. and and what's what's the light what's the level of like you know interaction that you're expecting your students and that kind of like yeah. okay here's your mind map and go comment on each other's well if you were to do that face to face you could like even circle people's circles and and yeah. change colors and, and you might be able to get to that someday or there might be other tools that can accomplish that but you could just as easily debrief somebody else's mind map in a discussion forum yeah or, and that's, in know, some places i think we have activities that do that in our context like we they do it and they upload their uh their mind map into a discussion and they discuss what they did or their concepts or stuff like that um yeah. and uh and we give flexibility but to will's point um definitely promoting coggle um, but we also allow the availability for students to draw it and take a picture of it and upload it as well so um again a mind map concept is flexible it doesn't have to be done in a tool like coggle um, i think the only advantage in coggle really over some of that concept is um, some students who are like me who have bad handwriting um, and uh, circles look weird and lines don't always make sense. Um, sometimes a coggle gives a nice clean version of what you want to see. You don't have to try to decipher what your student meant uh, when they <laughs> wrote what you think is Apple, but could also be app um, and uh, is on the mind map. So I think coggle gives a good, uh, good experience. We've had very little problems with that. A lot of students tend to opt to use coggle. Um, in my experience, just because it's it's easy, like it's they click in and Coggle does a good job of instructing your student on how to get in. Yeah, and and I I agree with that. I'm I'm not a great uh, handwriter or script person, so I really prefer digital tools when it comes down to like laying something out visually. Like I I like that Coggle does my line work for me. I can drag them around a little bit. I can change them a little bit. You know, like but I don't have to draw them. They look neat. I can make yeah. it look symmetrical, like that gets to my brain. And the coloring um, is cool too. If you like zoom out on a coggle and you take a look at it visually, you can immediately see some of the concepts, like the mm -hmm. where things are lining up. Um, and coggle again, just does that so easily for you. It's it's literally just click type, click type. Yeah, it's a little uh, plus sign, right? Yeah, when yeah, it's literally a little plus sign. Um, and because they're so focused on mind mapping, there's not a lot of other trappings that some other tools throw in like i think you and i were talking before we've talked about miro before miro is a tool that you could use to do mind mapping again you just need a flexible space the the reason i would go for a coggle over a miro is that miro has a lot of other features because it's a bigger tool um so it's easy to get confused um uh and easy to kind of screw up when you're adding lines and stuff in like and you would think that's easy but i've worked with plenty of students and faculty that that is not um, and can be a barrier for the actual learning that's supposed to be happening. And that's why I think yeah. Coggle just does such a good job of taking a back seat yeah. um, and letting you do the work in there and just kind of guiding you across the process. Yeah, like when we were talking with mind mapping, if the goal is to think deeply, but in a creative way, the more features, the more likely you are to be distracted you know, oh, yeah. from that and, and to get like, like in Miro, you can put a PDF on the page. But what if a student was thinking through, okay, Apple, 
Ooh, I've got this really good research paper on Apple. Oh, and I dropped that in as one of my top. Like, nope, you missed the point. Hold on, too far. <laughs> like, yeah. dial it back. A PDF is not a helpful layering, le- you know, le- level to a mind map. You know, single words, an image. I do like that Coggle allows the images and stuff because that could be a good reference point. Yeah. Starting from an image and then crafting words out from there. Fantastic language acquisition tool, right? Uh, maybe the instructor puts. Um, an image of a family in the center of a, of, a, of a coggle, for instance, and tells the students in your target language. So if the students are learning Russian, Spanish, Japanese, in the target language, fill in this mind map. You know, describe what's in the, the picture using your vocabulary. I can think of so many ways you can use the coggle tool that's not just a traditional mind map, but could really get some deep yeah. thinking going for your students. Yeah. Only thing I'll throw out there to be aware of, because I did the actual, like on our end, the review of this tool down to the details. Um, Coggle is not a fully accessible tool. Um, so it does have some difficulties there, like screen readers and things like that uh, struggle reading Coggle um, because of the dynamic of what it, what it uses. So, yeah. um, but like we allow it because that's something you could easily make it. A, a mind map is so flexible that it's something you'd easily make an accommodation for. Um, right. If you're using Coggle, you can get around that. <laughs> If it doesn't work in the in the digital, then they can go to physical. If they can't, yeah. I mean, yeah. And and that's the thing of accessibility. You always just have to say, okay, who am I working with, and how can I help that person? Because each disability, for instance, is going to be slightly different, and the needs therein are going to be you know different for the tech. You know, if if the issue is the student can't see, then Coggle is not going to help. And a physical mind map might not help. No, yeah, either. You know, mind but, map. I think I think I made an original note when I reviewed this tool. I was like mind maps in of themselves are slightly problematic for this overall. Right. So um, <laughs> I could see the concept being done and you could work with students who are blind or, or with, with some level of blindness to do like realia or physical things. You could have them, you know, lay things out around them or there's ways you could create the relationship. They could just dictate it too. They could say apple is related to tree. Tree is related to paper. Um, so it's not impossible to get the concept without it being a, a digital or a yeah. visual experience, but those are that's definitely some good things. Anything else um, on your review, Josh, to be no. wary of? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think um, like uh, we'll talk about this in later episodes or whatever episode we throw it in. This is my non-committal because we're not committing um, at this point. But um, they, uh, yeah, like they're I review down to like privacy and stuff like that. They they do a good job across the board. They're a good educational tool. That's their main target. Yep. Uh, is to be an educational tool. So they do a good job of hitting those marks uh, as a tool. Yeah. All right. Well, this is just another week digging into another tool. We hope that the conversation around mind mapping is informative for you and helps to kind of flesh out uh, some ideas you can use with your students if it's whether, you know, deformative and, and help them get their ideas together or if it's summative, like to, to assess their learning. Maybe it is a good thing to see them uh, demonstrate their understanding of the concept through these mind maps. Um, we hope that Coggle can be a helpful tool in that, but hey, if you've got others, we'd love to hear about it and stay connected in the conversation with us. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been another episode of High Tech with Josh and Will. We look forward to having you with the next episode as we dig further into this conversation of high tech, right? This is a whole industry of information and we're just two vagabonds trying to figure it out. We, uh, we will really enjoy getting this conversation. Hope you can learn with us on how we harness technology in our physical and virtual classrooms. Until next time. See ya.